Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And today we have yet again another amazing guest um, planned for this show. But before we dive into who our guest is, Joe's going to remind us of our purpose. Oh, our purpose. Uh, Searching for Service was created to expose Rotarians and non-Rotarians to service opportunities and What's really interesting is it's kind of transformed into let's have amazing people on from different organizations, different Rotarians, and have them tell stories about service and how that's impacted themselves, their communities, and you know, and really go from there. It's really been inspiring. It's been a fun journey. So we're excited to have Bill on today. Welcome, Bill. Hi, everybody. We're happy to have you. And so, um, Bill gonna, does have a last name. I know. I, I was just going to, I Bill know. Bill Tobin, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going there. I was going to share with our listeners that it's Bill Tobin. He's the Rotary Relations Manager um, and a liaison with Shelterbox. And so, before we dive into what Shelterbox is, let's get to know Bill a little bit. So, Bill, tell us where are you from? So you're going to dive into Bill before you dive into oh, show. Oh, for sure. sure. I'm getting the drift of this show already. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in uh, San Francisco Bay Area in California uh, and uh, then um, moved uh, uh, up into the Sierra Nevadas for 10 years and then down and back into the Central Valley near Sacramento. Uh, it's uh, a lifelong Californian, but now... I also have a place uh, where I am right now, up in the north woods of Wisconsin, right in the heart, or kind of the north end of uh, 5960. So yeah. uh, I feel semi-local at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, do, I was just at the Siren Webster Club this week, so uh, I'm getting my feet wet, Terrians <laughs> in the area here. <laughs> That's so great. I'm, I thought I'm, it was so great that uh, you were you know, within a few hours of us, you know, having, know. you know, we, we, saw, we saw California and we're like, oh, great, yeah, and Oh, no, I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, well. <laughs> right in our backyard. <laughs> All right. So we like to, I personally like to call it God's country because oh, that's where I'm from. So <laughs> I'm happy that you are in God's country, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too. And you, so obviously you are a Rotarian yourself. And so um, how did you come into the the world of Rotary? Well, I had, I had moved to a new community and, and it was, uh, I wasn't sure I traveled for a living and my kids were in high school. So I, I wasn't going to make those connections that you typically do when you move into a new community. So my brother actually suggested looking for a, a service organization. He had been in Rotary before, uh, back on the East Coast. And I thought, oh, why not? It's a, it, you'll meet some, some, you know, people that, uh, I didn't know at the time, but they'd have a great influence on my life and they're outstanding human beings. And, and so I went to the uh, local club there in El Dorado Hills, California. And, and, uh, you know, that was in December of 2004. So uh, I guess wow. I'm nine years approaching now being an old timer. Wow. 19 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> math. <laughs> yeah, math. <laughs> Words can be hard sometimes, but so can math. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's awesome. And so so you joined it because you felt like that you weren't going to get the connections that you would otherwise kind of naturally be in around in your community. So you you were able to kind of short circuit the process. That's that's exactly 
one of the reasons why I joined as well is that, you know, you wanted to speed up that process and just form some nice commu- connections with people in the community. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't know anybody and, and, you know, you're, you're, you're told that there's a lot of movers and shakers. Uh, I've always been volunteer oriented uh, in my adult life and even, you know, as a teen. Uh, so I, it was, a, it was a natural fit. I think if, if people, uh, tend to want to help others, then a, a great outlet for that and, uh, and stepping stone to do those things is, is rotary. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you remember what your first service project was? <laughs> wow. That's a good question. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I do actually, it was a river cleanup, okay. uh, on the American river and all along the coastal, uh, areas in California, uh, as well as Oregon and Washington, they do a big cleanup once a year. So, we went down at uh, Folsom Lake, uh, not too far from the prison, and uh, and basically just picked up trash, uh, you know. And, and we weren't prisoners; <laughs> we were picking up trash. So imagine that. And you guys had Johnny Cash playing in the background. Oh, absolutely! Folsom is <laughs> nuts about Johnny Cash. <laughs> um, what what brought you? Did you serve on? Actually, you know what? Did you serve? on any leadership roles within your Rotary Club? Just by this point in time, if I haven't, <laughs> they wouldn't be among my best friends, would they? Uh, yeah. I, I did. Uh, the, the first thing I did, because I have a little bit of background in public speaking and radio uh, way, 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 way back uh, in the last century, and that uh, instantly was, oh, you're going to MC our crab feed, which is a big, a big fundraiser for the club. So uh, getting up in front of a crowd wasn't an issue. Talking about Rotary was a little bit of an issue because I didn't know a lot about Rotary at the time. Uh, but uh, my other members and friends uh, helped me with that part, and that kind of just escalated into what you know. What else can I do? How else hmm. can I help? Uh, that the club, you know, as most clubs uh, face, uh, you know, difficulties in, in finding and keeping new members, uh, and the, the the existing members aren't immune from getting older. So sometimes you might've joined in your early fifties or forties, but that was 20, 25 years ago. And now mm-hmm. you're in your sixties or seventies and, mm-hmm. you know, up a bunch of uh, canopies or something to spread out in advance, just a little bit tough for you now. So and that's where I am right now, by the way, but uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was great. I, I was a um, club. Uh, the first like real role I had with the club was I was uh, part of the, the program committee. So I'd sure. go find, speakers and that was also a great way to get to know people in my community uh and then uh i was the interact chair uh which is interacts the high school rotarians and and i was club president and uh, you know membership chair and i went on to do district roles as well so you know rotary clubs all kind of areas are grouped into districts yep. so i did a a lot of work in the district everything but district governor i i just didn't didn't reach that pinnacle which in hindsight uh, I think is a good thing for me. What, what's been your favorite role thus far? Um, youth uh, being a host parent for the youth exchange sure. program really sends about 8,000 kids around the world every year on a full uh, school year's, uh, you know, scholarship really is what it is. And you attend a school in a foreign country as a high schooler. And uh, of course you need host families. And so uh, my wife and I have, uh, and my wife is also active in rotary. Um, we just, you know, once, once you've had a kid in your house from a foreign country, 
uh, it, it's it's like pets. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, once it's gone, you want another one, you know. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, and it's, it, you have to clean up after them. But yeah. yeah, it's so interesting on this show. And one of the cool things that we've picked up is we've gotten to interview you know almost forty people now. And something that has been a real consistent factor amongst a lot of the Rotarians, a lot of the presenters, a lot of the people is youth exchange, either being part of it directly, mm-hmm. either, you know, going to a different country or hosting or just being part of it. Yeah. It's been a real true, like mainstream piece of fabric that kind of runs through everybody. And it's just speaks to the power of the youth exchange and, and how important it is to not only the membership, but also just, you know, expanding everybody's horizons a little bit, right? Mm, most definitely. Yeah, it's Rotary's longest standing program. I didn't know that. That's no, interesting. That's, yeah. that's a new fun fact. Thank you. Yeah, it was started. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, one of the things I did for the district, uh, with the, the interact clubs was, was do what we call iPods. And that was interact president and officers training. And part of that was sharing the history of rotary. So I found that out. Uh, it was, I think it was like just after world war one, if I'm not mistaken, hmm. uh, uh, rotary clubs started doing youth exchange. I don't know if it was a formal rotary sure. project program at that time, but that's, that's its origins. That's so cool. I always like, like we learned so many cool things on this show. It's like, I mean, yeah. Kelly's a relatively new Rotarian. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been in it for three going on four years. So, you know, we're on the, the front end of our Rotary careers. Yes. And it's been remarkable how this show has accelerated that learning and understanding that typically happens. It's kind of like drinking from, from a fire, fire hose, hose yeah. right now, but it's fun. <laughs> What did you do? We've got about a minute left here. Um, like, how did you get involved? Because this is going to segue into our next segment. How did you get involved with the shelter box um, be, becoming kind of the, the thread between Rotary and shelter box? Well, I'm one of many threads between the two organizations, uh, and I'm a little thread. I'm not even a big thread. Uh, <laughs> Humble I, too, I am yeah. a Rotary Relations Manager, so I'm kind of the go-between Rotary districts and clubs and shelter box in the United States. We've got a whole other level of, above me that does more of the organization-to-organization uh, organization, uh, partnership management. Uh, I actually learned about Shelterbox from Interact, and I think that would be a, a, a wonderful story to come back to because I certainly okay. would take more than a half a minute to yeah. to get that one. But again, you know what what an, a high school kid can do to somebody's life in a positive way is, is is I'm a prime example of look out; it could be amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, that does sound like we can um, we can segue into that for our next section and get a little bit deeper into that story. Yeah, we've got a couple seconds left. I want to ask one more question. <laughs> so in in your history and understanding of Rotary, um, there are a lot of people that are listening to the show that have never served before or are looking for service opportunities. What's the advice that you would give them? Join Rotary. Don't don't join a self-help group because Rotary is a self-help group. Ooh, I've, that's I've, good. I'm such a better human being through my experience in Rotary mm, than mm-hmm. any, it's worth every cent I've ever put into it and, and tenfold. That, that was beautiful, Bill. <laughs> we'll end on that for the time being. We'll we'll circle back here in the next segment. And as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. We'll see you in the next segment. 
Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the Straight River, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org/strategic-planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people, as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Look us up by searching, searching for service. <laughs> it's just you look can up. Find us you can find by... us by looking up. Oh gosh! <laughs> so we need to write it out. So it's so funny, Bill, because Bill's like, I don't understand what's happening. Bill, we, we've we've tried to figure out the best way to say search, searching for service without saying search twice. Yeah. And uh, we've we've done it a couple of times and we do it by accident and I always screw it up. <laughs> uh. But for for those that are just joining us, um, we are talking to Bill Tobin. He is the um, – he's essentially the liaison between uh, Shelterbox and Rotary and, uh, you know, acts as that connective tissue, one of many connective tissues between the, the two organizations. So I think we got to – to learn a little bit about Bill, what's what's going on, you know, how he got into Rotary, how he got into uh, connecting with Shelterbox. So, how about you 
give our audience a little bit of a taste of what Shelterbox is about and, and, and how it serves the world. Well, I've been in Rotary for six years uh, by the time I even heard about Shelterbox. And uh, I, was, I was just completely blown away with the concept. Uh, it was, I, I was actually our Interact Club advisor when the earthquake struck in 2010 in Haiti. And they would come to me on occasion and say, hey, what should we do about something? In this case, the, the poor families that were uh, affected by the earthquake there. And I never give them an answer. <laughs> I just point them in some direction and let them find the answers. So I, I said, why don't you go online and look up disaster relief and rotary and let me know what you see uh, and find. And, and they, they told me about Shelterbox. So, of course, I had to catch up with them real quick. So I went to shelterboxusa.org which is the website still today. That's the website. And lo and behold, I was completely blown away that uh, uh, this group of Rotarians, uh, it was one club that started it all in, in the year 2000, the Helston Lizard Club, look them up there in Cornwall, England. Uh, they wanted to do a little international service project uh, for the millennial projects that the RI president at the time had, had challenged all the clubs to, to create something that would last Hmm. And they wanted to do uh, disaster relief, and their goal was to reach eight to ten families uh, every year somewhere in a country that's overwhelmed with a disaster. Well, when I learned about that uh, and the the Interact kids uh, raised uh, $1,000, their little club raised $1,000, and then our Rotary Club matched that. And at the same time, I was president-elect, so uh, I let our district governor elect know what we had been doing. And so we challenged all the other president elects and we raised about $25,000 for the relief efforts in Haiti through Shelterbox. Shelterbox, um, it delivers, well, you know, hence the name, it delivers shelter, uh, usually in the form of a tent, but we also do mm-hmm. a lot of tarpon based shelter now. Uh, we do a lot of more permanent uh, f- uh, walls uh, like uh, mud brick or, or bamboo for a more permanent structure. Uh, but it's, it's really disaster relief. You know, right now there's well over a hundred million people uh, displaced in the world due to disaster. And a great majority of them don't have proper shelter. So uh, it was a club's idea that uh, really took off. Uh, what, what had happened was the eight to 10 club goal, they ori- or eight to 10 family goal they originally had, uh, the club next door learned about it, said, how can we, you know, increase that number and the club next to them and so forth and so on. Uh, fast forward 23 years now, and we've sheltered nearly 3 million people. Wow. That's incredible. You and- guys undershot the number just a little bit. Well, <laughs> 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 overachievers. And for anybody who is watching our Facebook live right now, um, Bill, you should just real quick give them an explanation of your background. Oh, this background. Yeah. Uh, shelter boxes, a uh, virtual. Uh, otherwise, you see a very small, uh, outdated kitchen in a Northwoods, Wisconsin uh, cabin. So you can picture that in your mind, if you will. <laughs> but the, uh, the green shelter boxes. I'm going to ask, why Why did you choose green? And the, the simple answer is because those were on sale. So, <laughs> yeah, true story. So uh, that... Uh, uh, the green box, you, you can fit a family-sized tent in the mm-hmm. box along with blankets. We have a cooking set, uh, things like mosquito nets and water filters so people are healthier, not so susceptible to water and airborne uh, viruses and illnesses. Um, 
ground mats. Uh, we, we've done, uh, we have about a hundred different items. So it'd be awful hard to try and list them all, but uh, we have about a hundred different items that can go into a shelter box. Uh, way back in our history, it was kind of one size fits most. And we had maybe 20 items to choose from. But what we've learned uh, is we have to be able to adapt even within one structure of a, of a disaster. There may be several different types of aid packages that sure. are needed. Sure. Geography and um, yeah. climate, just depending on what what they need. Right. And how yeah, much do and the family shelter- size and dynamics? You know, if there's a, if it's a family, it could be multi-generations under the same roof. As we right. see in a lot of areas of the world mm. it could be a lot of children uh, and, and it could be children led households. You know, most of the work we do today, as opposed to 15 years ago, is in conflict related displacement, where we used to do a little bit of that work. Uh, and mostly disasters like you know, earthquakes and storms and whatnot, that's really flipped upside down now. And we do most of our work uh, for people displaced by conflict because that's what drives the displacement numbers. Four out of every five people displaced in the world today are due to conflict, which could be persecution. It could be war. Uh, it could be just public disorder because there's a government coup. Uh, sure. You know, all inclusive. It's 108 million people displaced by by those uh, conflict means. I was just thinking you guys are busy right now. Yeah. Yes. Last year was our busiest year ever. Uh, we reached 420,000 people. Wow. In one year? In one year. Okay. Um, yeah, how much does that Ukraine happen? Yeah. And you had, you know, increases in violence in Ethiopia and, and uh, Nigeria, the Boko Haram violence yep. there. And we had violence in, Bo- uh, in uh, Burkina Faso and Mozambique and uh, it, the list is, uh, continues to grow. Uh, you know, un- unfortunately, in, in one sense, uh, we've been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice for our work in Syria. And I say unfortunately because I'd rather not be working in Syria because they're at peace than having have been there now for over a decade. Right. People displaced by war. Well, and I mean a common trait amongst most, you know, groups that are serving is they want to put themselves out of business. Right. You want to you you <laughs> right. want to you want to actually not have to provide shelter to anybody because everybody has it or right. there's an ability for disaster response or refugee response and things like that. But um, how much does a shelter box weigh? I've always like you said, a oh. hundred you said a hundred items and I'm like, can somebody carry that? Well, there's not a hundred items in one box. That was to choose from. And we also do, uh, we don't just do boxes. Uh, so the weight, to get to the answer question, the weight could be anywhere from a, a repair kit for a home, which are tarps, tools, all the fixings you need to patch up roofs and walls uh, or windows as well. Uh, that only comes in at around 40 pounds. Okay. Uh, it's a separate container than a box. Our old traditional shelter box uh, would weigh in at uh, close to somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred pounds. Sure. So, so two people probably carry the yeah. item. Uh, and it's also rigid. As you can see behind me, they're, they're big 40 gallon tubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually uh, started introducing a couple of years ago and, and now we actually do more bags than we do boxes. And they're just, just think of the giant sandbags that a lot of times like the department of transportation uses them. You see them a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Big, big sandbags. Um, that we use those now because they're a lot lighter, uh, thereby they're a lot less expensive to ship, and they're just as durable. They're actually larger capacity, and 
without the rigid sides like the box had, you could you could load it on a animal or even on your head if you need to transport it. Uh, it's much easier to wedge into place than a sturdy rectangular cube. Sure, uh, sure. With box. That's interesting. <laughs> I was like, I, I love all the little nuggets that we learn on this show. Well, yeah, I mean, there's logistics around around that stuff too. So that that makes sense that you um, looked at that and and decided to make uh, a different little fix for it. Well, yeah, logistics is a great word. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, that's you know such a difficult part of what we do. And, and logistics isn't just getting something from A to B. Uh, it's it's doing a proper assessment, making sure right. that you providing aid that's going to benefit long-term the families that we're helping. I mean, we are an emergency shelter, but we don't want what we hand the families to be redundant in six months. We want them to be able to use it for quite some time in the future. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's so it's sustainable. I mean, it's, it, that's one of the key words mm-hmm. for rotary projects, sustainability. So let's use the last little minute here and talk about how – do you know how Rotary and Shelterbox got connected originally? Well, it, it came from Rotary, right? Yeah. It yeah, came it, out of a Rotary, Rotary Club. Project, uh, Rotary Club started it. And yeah. after a short while, really, it became too big for a club to manage. I mean, yeah. you know, imagine something that all of a sudden you're helping thousands when you thought you were going to help 10 or 12. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it became larger than the club could handle, so it became its independent. Uh, charity in the UK. Uh, so we're independent of Rotary. We're not a project or a program of Rotary. We're a partner with Rotary. Yep. Okay. It's always kind of stood on its own two feet that way. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I, th- I, like one of my questions that we can lead into for the next segment is like, what does the follow-up process look like after you've gone in and um, helped families What's the follow-up procedure from there? So I think that that would be a really nice little segue into our next segment. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the next one. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Searching for Service. We will see you in the next segment. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. Stay tuned. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. 
Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people, as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... You can find us by looking us up and looking up searching for service. Yes. Yes. Oh, we got it. Thanks for writing that down. Good team. I know. (laughs) You are very welcome. If you are tuning in for the first time, um, we are in our third segment with our special guest, Bill Tobin, who is the Rotary Relations Manager and a um, partner of Rotary – or sorry, Rotary and Shelterbox – He's like, yeah, that's that, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's close enough. I, close. I, help, I help connect the two organizations. There you go. There you go. So where we left it off is, I, I liked that question, Kelly. Is you know, what's the follow up process look like? So a disaster happens, earthquake, people are displaced, and you know, what does the follow up process look like? You know, when when the after di- shelter boxes yeah. come in, you know. What's what does that look like thereafter to just make sure and prevent it? I mean, you can't prevent stuff from happening again, but just to make sure that all of that stuff has been utilized in the best way possible. Yeah, that's a very important part of, of our process. Uh, we call it MEAL, uh, and that stands for uh, monitoring, evaluation, accountability, and learning. And learning is a very important part of the process. Uh, when we do an assessment, we have a clear objective in mind, and it's, it's not just to provide a family with shelter. It goes a lot deeper than that. You know, as I mentioned some of this in the last segment. If they have water filters and mosquito nets, they're going to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So that long-term outcome of what we're looking for uh, is, is goes well uh, deeper, I should say, than than uh, merely a number. Uh, it's easy to say we help a thousand families, but if what what's the mean? What's the help? Uh, a thousand is just a number. 
So we're able to collect the data based on uh, our expected outcomes and then the, the actual outcomes uh, that we uh, established through doing exit surveys uh, with the families as they receive the, the aid. Uh, we have a community feedback uh, mechanism uh, that's external to us, so it's independent. So uh, the families may be more open to, to mention things that they aren't happy or satisfied with. Uh, we do post-distribution monitoring. Uh, this is a lot of times the local or area rotary clubs will help us in this area because we've come and gone. They'll go and do uh, uh, get information through interviewing a number of the families uh, that we help. And we collaborate all this in the case studies uh, and we collect photographs and, and videos so that we can really measure what was our uh, impact on, on various indicators, immediate uh needs are met um we understood the training involved because we just don't hand something to someone we want to make sure that they understand how to use it and what it's for uh and then the accountability if if our scores are low we're going to go back and 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 talk uh with the the the, uh people involved whether they're a local nonprofit we're working with or rotarians or the families themselves always almost including the families themselves that we could still reach them uh, and ask, you know, how can we improve this? There are oftentimes local solutions that we as, as foreigners come in and we don't see it. It might be right there in front of our face. So that's why so much of our work is what we call locally led responses, that we are just there and we try and stay in the background and give advice and, and help the supply chain move and all that uh, and train and, and make the locally led response not only more successful and impactful, but also build the capacity to be more resilient should a future disaster happen. So the meal process is really involved, and it's it's a wonderful way. Uh, I, I would suggest all Rotary Clubs, all projects that you do, have a similar process in place. Yeah. Because uh, really the only way to measure your impact. I love the dictionary project. One of the things Rotary Clubs do, and they give dictionaries to kids. But I so often hear, we did 500 dictionaries. Okay, great. But what happens after that? Right. (laughs) So have a process in place to measure your service projects uh, and and, and really see their impact and where you could improve. Do you have a great story that illustrates the impact or maybe your favorite uh, project that had maybe an impact that you guys didn't really see coming, but was unintentional and was kind of special and maybe shaped shelter box going forward? Uh, yes, I actually, I mean, I, there's so many, right? <laughs> me. There's, there's so many. Um, but one that comes to mind is really interesting and it really falls in line with the new rotary area focus, which is protecting uh, the environment. Um, it's when you're shipping things, you know, whether it's a uh, hundred miles or across the world, around the world, uh, there's a lot of packaging involved. Mm-hmm. And so a few years ago, uh, prior to the pandemic and all, uh, shelter box realized this when the plastic soup movement kind of started and get mm-hmm. rid of all the problem plastics. Uh, we took that under our wing and, and we really thought we could make great impact on that. So we're in Mozambique. Um, the uh, shipping straps. Now, how do I explain this to people without showing one? Like when you buy a microwave oven or something that's really big and they've got those thin bands that tie, you know, keep the box from yep. opening and you can't figure out how to open them until you yeah. finally cut them and that, which is mm-hmm. pretty much them. Well, a lot of what's shipped around the world, you'll have those. They could be small. They could be 10 feet long, uh, but they're all garbage, right? I mean, yeah. what do you do with them? So 
we were throwing them away. Uh, and then we saw someone uh, locally was taking them all out of a bigger pile of trash. And we asked that person, what are you doing with those? And they, they showed us they were weaving baskets with oh. those straps. We're using them as weaving material, absolutely gorgeous baskets, and then taking them to the local market and selling well, them. Well, it's strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strong. So, I mean, it's like, hey, we are going to throw them. We'll have a pile of those just for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's just taking something that would be normally thrown away. I and mean, we have removed over a quarter of a million pieces of what we call problem plastics out of our supply chain. That's not just stuff we use. That is the supply chain. That is convincing one of our uh, many uh, uh, vendors and suppliers around the world to eliminate like a stainless steel cook set. And every piece is individually on a piece of plastic. It's stainless steel, folks. <laughs> you don't yeah. need that. It's not China. You don't need that protection between that. So why have it there? And, and in the retail world, it kind of makes, you know, it's shiny. There's absolutely no scratches. But in our context, it's it's better not to have that plastic because then it ends up with the families, right? And and what last thing we want to do is cause any harm. And if you dump a whole bunch of garbage along with a little bit of gear, uh, you're going to end up causing some harm. People mm-hmm. might start burning that plastic, which may be unsafe, especially mm-hmm. in a, a controlled environment. That's so cool. Like I, yeah. I loved the the baskets out of the the straps. I think that that's so so funny. I- I am loving the resourcefulness of that individual too. (laughs) And you know, it's an interesting story because it it wasn't that we gave the person a tent or a tarp or structure. He didn't need any of that. Mm. It was just seeing a byproduct of our actions Mm -hmm. and one that was somewhat unexpected and surprised. He said unexpected. A lot of what we do, you know, we see what's expected. Families are no longer getting wet. They're they're above the uh, you know, so forth and so yeah. on. They're outside of the shelling zone. Uh, but uh, that's the, a good the small things in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the small things in life, right? But a, a really good example is what people do with our gear after they're done using it. Yeah. So we're rebuilding a house and we gave you a tent and now you don't need the tent uh, as your primary residence. What do families do with those? We've seen uh, in, in, uh, Oh, I, I think it was in Sri Lanka, but I could be mistaken. But a, a gentleman, it's a tea, little tea. It's a restaurant. It's a little tea room. And he says he serves the best tea in all the country. Of course, you can only fit, you know, with little tables and stuff, probably four or six people in one of our tents. <laughs> but it's now part of his, his income. Yeah. Uh, wow. Had some that tr- uh, sold or traded their tents when they were done with them to beekeepers because they would follow their hives and be able to sleep amongst the hives. Uh, which because bee thievery uh, was an issue there. People would steal people's bees. So if you could live amongst your hives, uh, there's a lot less chance you would lose your, your life's work, right? I mean, these are people that are living solely on the means they're able to produce through through honey. So uh, just really interesting what people will do with our gear uh, after they're done with its initial purpose. What's, uh, what's common misuse or is there misuse? Maybe throwing it away is maybe the misuse. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we try and we try and make it so nothing is misused. And one of the things we've actually started doing over the last, uh, oh, I'd say three or four years now is a uh, cash supplements. So it's, it's, I'll give you a great example in Haiti, uh, another story for you uh, in Haiti after the earthquake and, um, 
uh, uh, tropical storm that hit there just a couple of years ago. Uh, we partnered there with Habitat for Humanity International uh, because the Rotary Clubs weren't in the little area where we were working. And uh, one of the things we did was we gave cash because we were afraid they'd do just what you said. We were afraid they would sell the aid items to supplement other items they needed. So we provided cash. They could use it you know, unconditionally. Hmm. Uh, they could buy labor services for it. Uh, they could buy more supplies. So, you know, we only have so much we could give each family and they may need more, maybe some items missing of food insecurities. Another big one, they may need to buy food. Well, what we did in our uh, post-distribution monitoring uh, is we learned that the majority of the people bought chickens and goats. So they were addressing food insecurity, but you and I probably would have went down to the Piggly Wiggly store you know, or yeah. the IGA store and bought meat and produce one time use and it's done, we probably would not have figured out that with goats and with chickens, our food insecurities are gone. Right. Well, that, that right there just exposes our short sightedness versus they're mm-hmm. like, we're trying to create as sustainable of an outcome as humanly possible. So yeah. that, that's, that's amazing. I love that. I love that insight of. We just got a case study in from a, a, a and, I, and it's so new. I, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I can't remember exactly which country, um, but they took our rope, which is a nylon braided rope that's included in our in our kits or in our boxes, and they destranded that rope and they created a fishing net. <laughs> Love it. Now I'd be on of a that. desert island. <laughs> I think you would too. We'd be on a desert island. We would have starved to death. That hundred foot of rope would have been right next to us. The, that's the right. Natives up and said, look, how could they starve to death? They're right next to a perfectly good fishing net. That's right. Well, speaking of that, we got to get out of this section, but uh, we'll get we'll uh, wrap up with the last one here momentarily. So. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. Stay tuned. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the Straight River, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org/strategic-planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? Rotary is a great place to get involved in your community and meet passionate groups of people, as well as individuals dedicated to service and fellowship. 
At Rotary, we believe in the power of teamwork to bring positive change. As a member, you will have the opportunity to participate in exciting projects that address local and global challenges. From supporting educational initiatives to environmental conservation, we tackle it all. Joining a Rotary Club means becoming part of a diverse family of individuals who share a passion for giving back and having fun while making positive impact. With projects and events that enrich your community, there's something for everyone, from local initiatives to international collaborations. It doesn't matter what culture or country you come from. What matters is that you want to belong to a group that strengthens communities and creates lasting change. There's a place for everyone at Rotary, regardless of age or background. Learn more by searching for a Rotary Club in your community and visiting. Together, let's make a difference. Rotary People of Action. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... We do love those five-star reviews. We really do. We sure do. Yes. Anything else? And you can find us by looking up Searching for Service on any one of wherever you're listening to your podcasts. <laughs> you did it. Nice job. If you are Blind tu- squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> if you are tuning in for the first time, we have our special guest, Bill Tobin. Um, and we're, we're going to be wrapping up this last segment here with Bill. Um, it's been wonderful so far. We've learned just a ton about um, his role as a Rotarian, but more importantly, his role uh, through Shelterbox as well. Yeah, it's been uh, great. Our last, what do we like to do in our last segment here, Joe? We love to talk about the future, Bill. And we want you to do a little dreaming and a little wishing and a little hoping (laughs) and share with our audience what you see as the future for Shelterbox, what you see for your participation in that role or, you know, with the organization or not. And then just kind of your hopes and dreams of what uh, Shelterbox can do in the future. Well, our vision is a world without uh, shelter at where people's – I'm going to mess that all up. I should know this. <laughs> our, our vision is a world where no one is left without shelter after a disaster. And, uh, you know, when there's 120 million or whatever the grand total is of conflict and disaster-related displacements, uh, that is uh, a vision that's very hard to conceptualize. Sure. So mm-hmm. uh, what we can do uh, in the near term and the short, far term, <laughs> with midterms, whatever, uh, is we can grow our capacity. Uh, we can streamline our processes. Uh, one thing we did in 2017, because we respond in the Philippines more than any other country, uh, it made good sense for us to create an operation center in the Philippines so they're mm. more self They don't need people flying over from England or the United States to help do disaster response. They could do it on their own. Uh, That's been very successful. Uh, Last year, uh, well, December of 2021, a typhoon struck uh, the Philippines, Typhoon Ray, uh, which was locally known as Odette, uh, and it displaced millions. Uh, By the first week of January, and that that happened the, the, the week before Christmas, by the first week in January, our SBOP, Shelter Box Operations Philippines, sounds like a like a singing group, doesn't it? Like a it really band. does. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, Shelter Box Operations Philippines team uh, was already distributing aid. And in the first 100 days after that disaster struck, we reached 100,000 people. 
that is an incredible accomplishment for a staff of five people. Wow. Holy smokes. What? They, <laughs> yeah, they, they could not have done it, though, without the Rotary Club of Cebu. Sure. Which is the boots on the ground. Okay. The, the Rotary Club of Bahal, which is a, another a neighboring island of Cebu. Uh, and a Humanity and Inclusion, which uh, used to be Handicap International, but now they call it Humanity and Inclusion International. Uh, which is one of the many partners we use around the world. Uh, that is is of what we want to see. What we've done, the Philippines duplicated elsewhere in the world, where we do a lot of our work. So Africa has both uh, conflict-related, uh, large scale across the continent, conflict-related issues as well as weather issues. Uh, and we see climate change affecting, making storms fiercer, making the seasons longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a storm off of Mozambique that uh, we were actually still working in Malawi after that storm. Uh, it lasted three months. Mm-hmm. A cyclone lasted that long. It just kind of kept zigzagging around the uh, southwestern Indian Ocean there. Uh, never, never seen before at that scale. Uh, so we need to scale up. We need to be more efficient uh, and we need more help. And, and that's where. Uh, things like Rotary Clubs, that's great. I love Rotaries, uh, you know, because it was started by a Rotary Club. It's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, mm-hmm. But what about the Moose and the Lions and the Elks and the Oddfellows and all the other service clubs out there? They should be supporting shelter box as well. A, a collective effort of many hands will get the work done uh, for more people in a more timely fashion. So that that's my vision for the future in, in shelter box. In Rotary, because I've done so much in Rotary, I've, I've been a uh, like district membership chair before and a lot of different roles. And I think really the future of Rotary depends on our diversity. Uh, it, it, it's come a long way since even since I joined and certainly a long way from the mid eighties when, when women weren't even allowed in, in Rotary clubs. And, and now, uh, now I look around and say, what would we do without them? <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> I mean, you look at the cultural differences and gender differences and, and Rotary is, is so open-minded and so accepting and if you want to help your fellow human being, we'll find a way for you to do that. But Rotary is also facing a membership challenge here in the in the United States, especially uh, where we aren't seeing uh, a big growth, and we're seeing a lot of people age out uh, naturally or or just too old to, to want to try and do it anymore. Uh, so it, we're at a point now where I think it's a uh, you know, I, I look at you two and, and I see the younger faces around. Yeah, I look young, but I'm older than I look. Uh, I see younger faces around Rotary, and I think there's the future. Uh, but there's so many competing things these days uh, for people's times. Uh, and and the, 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 the smartphones and the Internet, they, they don't really help Rotary in a lot of ways. They do, but also mm-hmm. they don't. Yep. Uh, they don't help get people together. Uh, and if they are, they're in little squares, like like in the simulcast on Facebook Live here. They aren't, yeah. uh, you know, physically in, in presence of one another. And it makes it a lot harder to get things done. So uh, I would suggest, you know, if you're on the call listening to the, this podcast uh, and you're not in Rotary, give it a shot. There's going to be a club near you somewhere. Uh, and, and there's probably more than one. A lot right. of people mm-hmm. will go to one Rotary club and it's not the right fit for them. And they'll think. None of them are the right fit for for that right. person. But well, there's, and there's a club for everyone. And especially as Rotary's expanded the club and having, you know, um, uh, service-based clubs, service-based clubs, cause-based clubs. So, like, we've really 
expanded and responded to the need. Um, you know, something I keep coming back to with Rotary is, is, you know, we are a pillar and a beacon of service, morality, uh, values. We care about people and, you know, we just have to keep persisting because I think people are really waking up and understanding how distracted they are, how busy they are, not productive, yeah. and are going to really start to gravitate towards organizations like Shelterbox that are doing amazing work, like Rotary, that mm-hmm. are actually doing work. And it, it isn't just looking like you're doing work. But actually doing it, and that, that's Rotary does the practice. Like yeah. we do, we do the action. We're people of action. It's written in our DNA. Well, the it's it's the impact that you have. It's the humanitarian impact versus, mm-hmm. like you said, the staying busy on your phone via social media, which is in our, in my humble opinion, not a real world. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you both. It's it's. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, it's a self-help program. It really is. I've learned so much about uh, the world. I've learned so much about myself. I've grown, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a human being. And, yeah. and I don't think I would have had that same experience without Rotary. In fact, I'm sure I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I don't see it in social media. I don't see it in today's new styles. Uh, I, I only, I really only find that in service clubs and there are some good ones out there. If there isn't a rotary club in your area, go right. look for one of the other letters of the K's or the L's or the E's or the O's or whoever's out there. Or create a uh, rotary too. Or create we all a rotary have the same, yeah, we all, you know, have the same objectives and that's to leave, leave the world around us a better place than we found it. And so, you know, how can you go wrong there? But personally, I prefer rotary. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my, uh, brother was in Rotary. My, my grandfather was actually in the Elks Club. Uh, and, and, and that was uh, back in the 50s. So I, I learned a little bit in the in the 60s as a young child about the value of helping others. And, and I think that's something that is also kind of lost in today's society. So if you are feeling a little lost, finding your place in the world, I mean, again, it kind of comes back to self-improvement. Uh, and you'll find that in the, in the Rotary meetings and the Rotary clubs. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because I think what's really interesting about Rotary, because it's international, because it's so broad, it's so difficult to be siloed, right? Like, I mean, sometimes it feels like that we get siloed in information or the people that we're around. And it's really difficult to do that. And, you know, we've had an incredibly great opportunity to have all of these diverse opinions and people from different places and different types of organizations like it's just it's impossible to get siloed into a certain type of thinking because you're constantly being bombarded by new and great ideas that are so outside the box or just different from what we're used to and it's great it's wonderful growth is amazing it is <laughs> uh, outside the box. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, hey, thank you. Yeah. I was like, come on. <laughs> sometimes I'll catch it, Bill. Sometimes I won't. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, Shelterbox is the, I would say, the most successful Rotary Club project of this century. But another little trivia for you young, young Rotarians. Uh, did you know uh, that Easter Seals – we all know Easter Seals began many, many years ago in the 1930s 
as the uh, as a society to help crippled children. And, and it was in Elmira, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a Rotary Clubs project. Wow. Hilarious. What? It, That's a perfect mic drop moment because we've got yeah. about <laughs> – 30 seconds left here. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, that, it, that's good. That's good uh, for any sort of rotary trivia night. This, uh, that's a good one <laughs> for rotary trivia. I it love was. it. Bill, we want to thank you so much for being a guest on Searching for Service. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and your role with Shelterbox. Thank you so much for having me. As a reminder, you have been listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. It's time to stop searching. And start serving.